I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. Let's go. Welcome to the Wong Takes, episode four, the week of, what is it now, August 7th, 2017. New feature. Send questions on our Patreon feed on Patreon or to the email, the Wong Takes at gmail.com and you can also do this via our website send questions about anything about sports about what's going on i'll answer them on the podcast right now there are probably going to be no questions sent or maybe one or two so i'm you for sure if you send me a question via email i will answer it on the podcast and we've also got a new segment coming up so stay tuned but first let's get it going First topic, Major League Baseball trades. A couple of them. Now, of course, there are too many to do in this short period of time that I want to do it in, but we're going to talk about a few big ones. First, Sonny Gray to the Yankees for three prospects. Coming from the A's. Now, this is a typical A's trade. Even if you haven't seen Moneyball, if you're a sports fan, if you're a baseball fan, you probably know what Moneyball is. You go for the the younger guys, the prospects who are not majorly valued with traditional statistics or by traditional scouts, and you try to get that, those guys. But even though they're past the Moneyball era per se, this is a still a typical A's trade, Moneyball trade. You're sending your big guy, you're sending your high-profile guy who's going to get you a lot of stuff, and you get these projects back, and you try to work with them, do with them the best you can, hopefully you can find a diamond in the rough. Now, this creates an interesting situation for the Yanks as they're in the race for the division with the Red Sox. And they already have five pitchers. There's CC Sabathia, Luis Severino, forgot his name, Montgomery, sorry, Masahiro Tanaka, and Jaime Garcia, who was recently acquired. And we're going to see down the race, they've they rolled with a six-man rotation for the moment, but we'll see what they're going to do in the future and if they get to the playoffs. This will be interesting to watch. In addition, Yu Darvish moved to the Dodgers also for three prospects. And man, the Dodgers are just doing everything right right now. I mean, what else is there to say? They've been won 43 out of their last 50 games. They haven't lost a game since the break, I believe, except for to the Braves. Just sweeping everyone else. They just finished sweeping the Mets. The first time they've ever finished a season or swept the season series against the Mets. And this is really going to help their rotation for the playoffs, which is where they struggle. Because they've won the division pretty much every year or most of the years in a long time. And But the Giants have won three World Series. So what's gone wrong is their pitching just hasn't come through in the playoffs, especially Clayton Kershaw. So this is going to help him out. This is going to help them out. And also he's a righty. And... Clayton Kershaw and Alex Wood, their two stud starters right now are lefties. You're going to see a little bit of that variety that you might not have right now, but there really isn't a weakness with that team. You see them, they got the hitting, they've got the pitching, they've got the moxie, they all know they're going to win. They're better than 500 when they trail in a game. I mean, what else, what can't they do? But this almost makes it unfair. No, it doesn't. But anything can happen. It's baseball. It'll be October. But it's another interesting storyline to see if they can get the all-time wins record because they're pretty much on pace to do that right now. Next up, 
a blockbuster transfer in the world of international football. Neymar moves from Barcelona to Paris Saint-Germain. I probably said that incredibly wrong. I'm sorry if I offended some people, but PSG. And I'll be saying that from now on. So this transfer, even if you haven't caught up on this, just to get the rights to pay him a salary, PSG had to pay about $262 million just to do that. So this is not even his salary. This is just to get him out of his contract with Barcelona. And this was over two times larger than the previous most expensive transfer, which was Paul Pogba last year moving to Manchester United from Juventus. And all told, this is going to be around $600 million if you include his wages and this transfer fee and all that. And his wages are actually going to be three times higher than Pogba's are now at Manchester United. So European leagues, especially here coming from the United States, have been notorious for teams just being able to pay for stars, being able to pay their way to the top, sometimes with not the clearest methods. Especially here where we're used to so much parity and the draft, which could be foreign to European sports fans. And so this might be wondering, is this like a violation of some kind of rule? And that's what a court was talking about. That's what La Liga was actually talking about. Is this a violation of the fair play rules that have been installed in Europe, which is created so teams can't just pay players and just happen to be in a debt. They have to pretty much, with some exceptions, spend less than they make. And this was struck, or this didn't end up going through, making any waves. Neymar made the move. But we'll be interesting to see if this is a precedent, because this is the largest move by far, even in Europe. And so we'll see if this is a precedent as other teams are going to be paying a ton for players. Now on the football side, on the soccer side, this will make PSG favorites again in Ligue 1 by a long shot, for sure. They came in second last year, even though they had dominated the league. And they lost Ibrahimovic last year, came in second, and now they're going to be skyrocketing to the top, and they're going to be heavy favorites for next year. Now, this loss for Barcelona in La Liga, which has pretty much been a two-horse race at the top, or two or maybe three, five tops. But they finished behind Real Madrid last year, only three points back, and they were 12 points clear of Atletico Madrid. And so there's a pretty big gap, at least last year, between them and third-place club. And in addition, there have been talks about Barcelona getting Antoine Griezmann to bolster that spot that Neymar has left. So... We'll see if Atletico can take advantage, if they keep Antoine and possibly contend for a title, and that will be fun to watch. Alright, number three. Doc Rivers is no longer the president of basketball operations in Los Angeles. He was recently removed from the job by Steve Ballmer, the owner, and don't get me wrong, he's still coaching, he's still going to make his salary, $10 million, I believe, but... He will not be the one-man show running the team anymore. He was replaced by the vice president, former vice president of basketball operations, Lawrence Frank. And this is definitely better basketball-wise, because you get that duality. You get the, the two opinions in the office instead of just one. Instead of having one person running the show, you get two people running the show. And that'll be good because the Clippers are kind of in a stagnant point where they're good, but they're not contending for a title good. And you're going to get 
more perspective and possibly some outsider moves that could surprise a lot of people and give them that that jump despite losing some of their stars like Chris Paul, JJ Redick, even Jamal Crawford their sixth man. Now the downside to this, I don't know, I'm not an insider to the NBA, but here's what I think. What if this loses some appeal for players possibly coming to Los Angeles cuz maybe you don't see Doc as much when you're uh going visiting the Clippers or having negotiations with them. He'll still be probably a big selling point to incoming possible free agents because look, you get to work with Doc Rivers, but won't necessarily have him out there being someone that people can talk to more and that you can hear from straight away. Number four, Usain Bolt's last hundred meter, and also an excuse to talk about him because he's just an amazing athlete that sometimes can be glossed over because he performs once every four years, so that's what we mostly look at, except not today. What happened? He came in third in his final 100-meter race at the World Championships in London. And if you don't know what the World Championships are, are they're an Olympics, but every year. So athletes get to compete at them. They're essentially for the best in the world. They don't get the glory of the Olympics. It's not as big of a deal, but they're still a big deal. And Justin Gatlin got the gold. And another American, Christian Coleman, earned the silver. And first, we're going to talk about Bolt a little bit. He brought immense popularity to the 100 meter, even though that's already one of the biggest events at track and field because this is just the shortest event, especially in this area of social media and of quick sharing. He's an instant highlight guy. And he's been a great role model too, which has only increased his popularity because there's really nothing bad you can say about the guy. He didn't have any doping violations like Justin Gatlin did, which has made him a villain because you can see he, he was greatly booed at the World Championships. And also people like dominance. As much as people like the underdog, they also like dominance, especially in something that wouldn't got, have gotten as much popularity otherwise. For example, women's college basketball. Women's college basketball is great, but people wouldn't be watching it as much if UConn wasn't on their 100 or so, 100 plus winning streak. Because people want to watch that to see if they go down, to watch how well they perform. And people just kind of admire that. Especially you saw with the Olympics with that photo of Bolt kind of looking at the camera, even though he wasn't actually doing that, but it looked like he was. And people want to see that. People want to see Usain Bolt. And so what's going to happen now that he's retiring from the world stage, or at least for the moment he is, and it looks like that's permanent. This is going to introduce a lot of people to Christian Coleman, who finished ahead of Bolt by a hundredth of a second and came in second place. He is only 21. He is a Tennessee volunteer, and he actually set the NCAA record in the 100 meter in June with a 9.82, which is incredibly fast. And he is actually the, not the fourth fastest time, but he has recorded, only three Americans have recorded times faster than he has, which is kind of crazy to think about, especially because he's only 21. Justin Gatlin is 35, and he came in first with 9.92, and Bolt is coming into his 30s. So he's got time to grow, he's got time to mature, he's got time to train, and he really is going to be a name that American fans are going to get used to in the future. Okay, fifth topic, 
Colin Kaepernick. So, the backstory, of course, Colin Kaepernick kneeled during the National Anthem last year, which drew a lot of criticism and also some praise. And he's kind of been a hot potato for teams. They don't want to sign him. He's still not signed after being or after leaving the Niners, after being released from the Niners. And a lot of people are saying he should be signed by now, including a lot of players and a lot of analysts. And I totally agree with that. He should be on a team. Because what are teams afraid of? Because, of course, they're afraid of he'll draw a lot of criticism from fans and it'll hurt the brand of the team. But fans forget about what you do if you play well. For example... Joe Mixon, he had his domestic violence issue, but people aren't going to remember that if he plays well. Or Barry Bonds, people remember his drug issues, of course, but the fans still rooted for him. The fans in San Francisco, I live there, they still like him, and they're going to defend him if he plays well. Besides, he's probably a backup. It's not like he's thrust into the limelight every week. And people are also getting used to seeing him kneel because obviously the coverage in week one was super intense when he was kneeling down for the national anthem but as time wore on over the season even as teammates joined him he was still or the coverage wasn't nearly as high they weren't people weren't watching him because they knew it was happening and they knew that's what he was going to do so that's just what happened and some of the other stuff like the the pig socks that could be maybe a little excessive, but still, it's a passive protest. He's not saying anything especially crude. He's not attacking anyone. It's just he's showing his views, and I don't think that should necessarily be punished as much as it should in the form of him not being on a team, especially when you see some AFL quarterbacks or quarterbacks that haven't proven themselves in this league, and they're getting opportunities before he is. Plus, some maybe are justifying with the stats that he shouldn't be playing. But, I mean, the, the Niners sucked last year. They were 1-10 when he started. But he had 16 touchdowns to 4 picks, which is not a terrible ratio to have. And also, his completion percentage was higher than Cam Newton's. And no one's complaining for Cam Newton to go, although he did have a historically bad year. But he also had a better completion percentage than Cam had in 2014. So, he's not doing so bad that he doesn't warrant being the third-string quarterback on the Browns. And the team was historically bad. They were 2-14, and and a quarterback is not going to be put in a good situation, or a quarterback is not going to do or warrant the kind of attention he should when the team is 2-14. and If you put Tom Brady on a 2-14 and team, even with how good he is, people aren't going to value him as high because the team sucks. But... Yeah, so I'm going to say Kaepernick should be on the team. I don't see why not. I think he will be on the team because as situations develop and quarterbacks get injured, people are going to need quarterbacks. They remember that he actually was playing for a Super Bowl a few years back, and they're going to be desperate enough to sign him, and I think he will have a job before the end of next year. So... We are going to have a new segment on the show, on the podcast. This may or may not last. I don't know how well this is going to go, but we're going to try it. And it's going to be called Quick Takes or Quick Take Singular. So what I'm going to do is go and look at a list of news stories. I'm going to look at the first news story or maybe the second news story if the first news story is not that interesting. 
And I'm going to give my take on it right away. So this is not from the week. This is right now. I am going to check and give you my take, one minute maybe, about what I'm going to talk about. All right. So Eddie Lacy made the weight that the Seahawks requested, and for that he earns a $55,000 incentive. I don't really understand these. If your job is to come in and make weight, why are you getting paid just because you made weight? I don't think they took anything out of his contract just to have that incentive for him if he make, if he gets the right amount of pounds coming in. I know $55,000 is not that much to an NFL player, but still, that's kind of creating a precedent of we're going to pay you just for coming up and doing your job. If anything, there should be a punishment for not making weight, and that could be in the form of like cutting if you're not as good, or maybe you're getting limited playing time or limited practice time. So, yeah, I don't think you should be incentivized to make weight or to show up for OTAs or any of that kind of deal. So that was our first quick take. Uh, let me know what you thought about it, and here are the ways you can do it via the website, thewongtakes.wixsite.com slash thewongtakes. On our Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash thewongtakes. And email, you could get your question featured on the show, thewongtakes at gmail.com. Also, you can send in questions via the website. There is a place where you can send a message in the form of an email. Also, on the Patreon, in the Patreon feed, you can send questions. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I will see you next week.